0: madeline khan oh madeline khan 15 seconds to curtain miss khan oh thank you scooter
1: i won't let you do it do you hear me i won't let an artist of your beauty and integrity go out there and work on this weird sick show
2: ah!
1: <laughs> you're on <laughs>
0: A thought, a we got some cooking and it's
2: looking good. good. We got some cooking and it we
0: good. could. Welcome back to Disney Marvels for week of January 26, 2021. This is episode 119. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Muppets, Pixar, 20th Century, the parks, and much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. So, put some more polls out there on the Twitter. If you're not on the Twitter, join us at Disney Marvels, so that way you can join in on these polls that I talk about weekly now. So I did, first of all, did you know last week i talked about martin luther king going to disneyland so i asked did you know that martin luther king was at disneyland that part of this historical figures past or time on this earth he spent at disneyland there was there was a a small connection but a connection there 75 percent of you said no 25 said yes so most people weren't aware of this fact either I also pulled out there because, well, we had WandaVision now drop on Disney, uh, Disney Plus, and what, what is people's thoughts of this? Because I've been hearing so many mixed views, and you'll be getting into what my thoughts are in some uh, spoiler uh, conversation later in this episode. Two halves to this episode: first half, spoiler-free, you'll enjoy it, lots of fun. Second half, I do warn you. We'll be getting to some spoilers about WandaVision. If you're up on the show, keep listening. If you're a little behind or you haven't watched any of it yet, pause it, watch it, get back to us in an hour and a half, and you'll enjoy it. So, gave you four options. Did you love it? Is it okay? I don't get it, or I give up. Those are your four options. What did you think of Marvel's Marvel Studios' first TV show, first TV show, *WandaVision*. What'd you think of it? Sixty-nine percent of you love it, and I, I'm in that that uh, in that category. I absolutely love it. I really enjoy it. Um, like I said, I'll get into more of that later. Nineteen percent of you said it's okay. I think that's where my wife ends up in. Six um, percent of it is I don't get it. I think my wife ends up in there, too. And 6% of you said, I've given up. Those of you that have given up, please, at least by the time the last episode comes around, try the show again. And it may be one of those shows that does work out better when you can just kind of binge watch it, as it were. Uh, I I personally am a fan of the weekly... I mean, hey... I grew up before streaming. I'm used to having to wait at least a week or more sometimes between episodes. So, for me having to wait a week, I get it. Some of us, they like the binge format. They like they want everything right now and there and then. That's great too. That's not how Disney Plus usually runs things, so you have to you have to wait or, you know, so you just wait a few extra weeks for it to come around. There's only 9 episodes. We're already waiting on uh, episode four this week, so we're almost halfway there. But uh, hey, join in the conversation at the end and let's find out more about this Wandavision. Let me—I want to hear some of your thoughts of where this show is going and what you, you know, your opinions of why you love it or why you don't love it so much. So, we'll be back after this message from our friends and sponsors.
1: Hey Matthew, Jim Hill here. I do the Marvelous Disney podcast with Aaron Adams over at the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. I know, I know, very humble sounding name. Uh, anyway, I really enjoy what you've been doing over on the Disney Marvels podcast. Uh, but as you probably already noticed, the Marvel Us Disney and the Disney Marvels podcast names are very, very similar, which is why I imagine I keep getting mail for you. Um, That's actually why I'm calling today. I wanted to know what you'd like me to do with all of these Yankee Candle catalogs. Uh, So uh, please get back to me. Uh, Oh, and uh, keep up the great work with the Disney Marvels podcast.
0: Thank you for those kind words, Jim. And make sure to check out Jim Hill on the Marvel Us Disney podcast with Aaron Adams to find out all sorts of wonderful things about Disney. Well, Marvel, uh, particularly what's going on with them. And Jim, uh, those catalogs, I'll make sure to give you the forwarding address, And uh, unless if you want to order something, go right ahead. And once again, make sure to check out Marvel Us Disney with Jim Hill and Aaron Adams, wherever you find or listen to your podcasts. And now, on with the show!
1: I don't know who wrote it. Keep playing, yes sir. Oh, that's how it works, huh? Just playing, yes sir.
2: Big finish. Watch out! Huh?
0: As if there wasn't enough. As if there wasn't enough variety, as if there wasn't enough music and lights, entertainment on Disney+, Plus now on this very moment, starting February 19th, we will be gifted something from the past that will be brought into the future and people have been begging and dying. You may think I'm talking about a TV show. I'm talking about we brought Matt Leonard back onto the show today <laughs> <laughs> to talk about the amazement that Disney or people from Disney have announced will be coming to Disney+. Plus. Matt Leonard, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. How are you? Good. 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 I couldn't have this conversation without you, as I've said
1: many times before in the past. Because if you were having this conversation and I wasn't here, you'd be having it with yourself and that would be weird, my friend. Have you listened to my other episodes?
0: This is true. Come on, I just did a whole episode on Martin Luther King in Disneyland by myself. So, uh, yeah, no. Um, Disney, or more properly, the Muppets announced that they will be coming... Well, they're already on Disney+. Plus. But what people have been kind of begging and hoping for, um, and they got their wish. Fifteen
1: years now, we've been waiting for the DVDs.
0: all five seasons are coming straight to Disney Plus.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we they came out with the DVDs. How long ago now? Well, let's see. The first DVD uh, would have been two, was it 2004? Five, I think, was the first DVD, mm-hmm. and season then one. It, season one, and then there was uh, and uh, there was a period. There was a couple of years in between. They were going to try and do it. Like, it was supposed to be like one a year, yeah. And then there was a lot of complaints because they didn't get all of the music clearance on season one, and fans complained because they cut sketches. So they they took the time. They got it right. They went back. They got everything for season two. They did season three, which is, in my opinion, uh, the best of the season, some some of their best work. Um, And then they announced season four shortly thereafter. Uh, And we have yet to see it. That was that was 2000. I remember that that was 2008. That season three came out and then season four was supposed to come out in 2009 or 2010, something like that. And then. The conversation just kind of went away. Nobody ever said there's there. I remember seeing the, the artwork for it was going to have Gonzo on it. Season four would have Gonzo. And I think the plan was to put animal on season five. Of course. So the, the
0: one that I wanted, the one with Gonzo on it, is the one that they went. Uh,
1: no, 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 no. Um, and then there was, you know, some speculation. Well, with Disney Plus, what's going to happen? You know, they've got Muppets on there. Will we see it? Will we see it? And, you know, maybe, maybe not. Most likely not, since we could never get them. It's been 13 years, and we haven't gotten the DVDs, and yet here we are. Yeah, or there was a lot,
0: yeah, a lot of speculation um, that I saw ahead of, because they they teased us with the, you know, the, something big is going to be announced, right? You know, stay tuned. And. Um, I saw speculations from, from the from mu- we're getting the Muppet Show to D- Disney Plus we're getting the Muppet Show. Blu-ray DVDs getting a Muppet oh. <sighs> redoing the American Adventure attraction in Disney World or the President um, Hall the of, Hall presidents, of the presidents
1: I had heard was one
0: to to the Muppets which I wouldn't rule that out just yet. The only problem there is there's been so many budget cutbacks Yeah, that I can't as much as they may want to do that, I can't see them being able to justify that just yet.
1: Well, then I don't know if you saw this. There was the night before the announcement. There was a little, there was a little slip that they gave of what was coming, which is that they'd been very cagey about, you know, every all of the, the Muppet, uh, all of the Muppets, all of the key Muppets ha- do have uh, their own Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. So it was on Piggies, it was on Fozzie's in a way that true to Fozzie, it was on Gonzo's in a way that would be true to Gonzo's, it was on Kermit's. And then it was Pepe the King Prawn who finally said, I know what the announcement is, but it doesn't have anything to do with me, so it can't be that important. And that caused all of the fans to stop and go, wait a second, this is probably about something, this is probably about... The Muppet show where the, 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 that was when a lot of fans started to put two and two together and think, you know, if they were going to do anything now, Pepe would be involved because he's a, he's a pretty major character. He's a pretty well-loved, he's a fan favorite character, but if Pepe's is not involved, this is something that doesn't, this is something a little older that doesn't have to do with Pepe. What would they be teasing as a big announcement? Well, that's the Muppet show. Yep.
0: So yeah, they, so they officially announced that all five seasons, now and this is something that i said to you and a lot of other people have um, been speculating is to what capacity right are we getting the muppet show are we getting butchered things because and i mentioned this all on my blog uh post about this on how the the amount that they they had to take a legal team lock them in a room for a long time and said get this figured out yeah so at what point did they, you know, the the heads of, you know, whatever division needs to be the head of this, say, okay, this is a product that we're willing to live with. Now, is that product like they did with season one, they've done with Muppets Family uh, Family Christmas? Christmas. Um, a few other things that escaped the top of my mind.
1: Uh, there are CD releases of John Denver and the Muppets that are incomplete because they didn't. You know, uh, they didn't want to pay the blue, the Beach Boys for Little Saint Nick, or they didn't want to pay. I can't remember. There's I can't remember the others that are missing, but uh, yeah, there's a couple of c- CD releases of John Denver and the Muppets that are missing two or three tracks. Actually, Again, be happy that's because online. music clearance because of musical clearance.
0: So, um, plus I I believe if I if I remember correctly or I understand my legal working correctly, they also had to contact. Whoever the celebrity for that episode is as well to get right. their clearance on through. it. So music clearance, celebrity clearance, um, just kind of all sorts of things to be able to to bring this to streaming. Um, at some point. Let's see. So if you figure that's 2010, that's 12 years ago, that is ahead of their plans for Disney Plus, most likely. Yeah, because at some point they had to shift going. Or it could have gone. All right, we have to. All right, let's step away from the DVDs. Streaming is now up and coming and becoming more of a thing. Let's focus on getting streaming rights and then just kept all their focus that way. Uh, which would have led into Disney Plus. Um, they may have just been thinking retail initially. That's just uh, that's I'm thinking, I'm thinking a lot
1: of the legwork was done. I'm thinking a lot of the legwork was done initially to do the DVDs and then you're right just at a point in time it was dropped in fa- once once they knew that streaming was an option um i think it was dropped in favor of, of streaming yeah so
0: um so yeah so in, they just in just kind of focused in on that uh cuz you would to to upscale to see this was in the 70s so they were using VH uh, VHS recording, videotape to record it, and not um, no. 35 millimeter. So the transition to high definition need a lot of, would need a lot of cleanup. So it, it, it's it's a it is. I'm not sure if people realize the it's like oh, what's the big deal? You're bringing back a show from l- the mid '70s to early '80s um the amount of work that had to go in to bring us this show and it's such a beloved show uh people who grew up with the show know how wonderful it is people who haven't will find out how wonderful it is at least i'm hoping so
1: my God, that, you know, I hadn't even. It, it's funny for for me in my household, the Muppets are so ingrained that the the notion that there are people out there who don't know the Muppet Show or don't know is like it's a foreign concept to me. You're right. It wasn't until you just said like people don't know what the Muppet Show is, but yeah, there there are people who will not have known the show. Uh, boy, if you're if you're listening to this and you don't know the Muppets and you don't know the Muppet Show, you're in for a treat because they did some remarkable work. Oh, Uh, yeah. Really fun work. I mean, well, I mean,
0: we've commented at some points uh, before I know we've had conversations on how some people think Rizzo the Rat was an original character for The Muppet Show. He was. Or, no, sorry, Pepe. Pepe. Yeah, Yeah. Pepe was in the original Muppet Show.
1: No, he was Muppets 1996. Yeah. Pepe's only been around about 25 years.
0: And who brought us Pepe? Bill Beretta there you go
1: yeah so which um, can i can i if you're if you're listening to this and you enjoy it uh and even if you're listening to this and you don't enjoy it but if if you want a really good uh video podcast uh um bill beretta and his brother gene have done a fantastic series You can find them on youtube i think the Beretta brothers uh and they talk they've had the cast of dinosaurs on they didn't they did an episode with the frank oz and dave goals uh where frank and dave just abused each other for like an hour and a half uh and it's it's a real fantastic look behind the scenes of of the muppets uh they've had ricky gervais on they've had matt vogel on i think they i think I think they even had Matt Vogel and Ricky at the same time. I think they been between the two
0: of them. They might have because I know they had Matt on not too long ago. Yeah, um, I follow him on Instagram, and they follow me on Instagram. Hmm. Um, so yeah, they uh, they the recently they've been focusing on dinosaur because also because on top of it we're getting dinosaur. A uh,
1: talk about the dinosaurs is coming to this
0: week, isn't it? Is it? I know it was... It's February. No, it is January. It's January!
1: Yeah, I'm, January we're getting
0: Dinosaur, February we're week. getting Muppets. Um. Wow, well, like I said, there's so much good stuff coming to Disney Plus. It's like... Uh, yeah, cancel any other subscriptions that you have. Just sit down and watch Disney Plus because you're just getting so many good things now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, so yeah, they've been focusing on, on the cast of Dinosaur, and they've, they've brought in um, everybody on that to to talk about it. Yeah, so they, they've, they've had some really good interviews on their show, uh, so definitely one to check out. In even um, uh, Matt's podcast has been good. He's he now he's mostly focusing me, on Sesame Street people. I don't uh, do a
1: podcast, but Matt
0: Vogel. Matt Vogel's yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, Vogel's uh, podcast below the frame. Below the frame has um, been a lot of fun, but he's mostly focused on the Sesame Street cast. Some crossover, but mostly uh, it's all all over
1: there. Has he but, had uh, it- I haven't paid I should pay more attention to it Has he had Dave on yet has he had Dave Coles on No but I've suggested it To him
0: I'm, um, I'm
1: surprised he hasn't done Dave yet
0: Like I said This season one he was focusing More on people from the street But uh
1: Dave's a good interview subject I've seen several Interviews with Dave where he's just He's really There and focused and he uh very reflective on it and gives good answers to things. He's he's a good he's a good guest. So I'm yeah, hoping no, Matt will, I'm hoping Matt will interview him. Yeah Eric J- Jacobson
0: uh Morwick Roland Pike uh Carrera Rudolph Julian Pershes Bashir thank you um John Kennedy Ryan Dillon, Fran Brill, Cutter Bunch, Jim Lewis, Bill Beretta. Oh, he has put bill on there. Okay.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Pam Arcio. Arciero. Thank you. Uh, Marty, Marty P. Robinson, uh, Michelle Hickley, and Laura McLean. They are Wranglers.
1: Puppet Wranglers.
0: Yep. Uh, Jennifer Barnhart, Carmen Osbar, uh, Peter Linz, uh-huh. Stephanie Debruzio, De and that, she was the first one. So, okay. that's his list. That's a pretty good list. Yeah. So, I know he's taking a break now because now he's focusing on the latest season of Street. And, uh, he'll be Picking it back up when that finishes up. Yeah. Um, yes, we still chat. <laughs> so we should uh, talk
1: about we, we've talked about everything except the Muppet Show. We, we, it's all been Muppet related. It's all These Muppet are... related, but we've wandered from. This is just, so there's there's uh twenty uh, Transformers forty eight episodes that have not been released on. Uh, I shouldn't say that it's it's a little less than 48 episodes because there were in the early 2000s, there was a series of Time Life DVDs,
0: which I have all those. I
1: have those as well. And there are a couple of season four and season five episodes scattered throughout those. There's probably about a dozen or so of that. So it's probably about 36 episodes that have not seen the light of day in quite some time and i'm very excited about i mean there are some episodes that i haven't seen since i was a kid and only vaguely remember and not
0: even just that you had a point in time when you were still be able you were able to watch these things on television in the early, late 90s early 2000s um, when there was the odyssey network which was the henson hallmark right right um, right venture um, this is back when the Germans owned the the uh, Henson Company.
1: Uh, it was actually just before the Germans bought. Oh, it was before the Germans. It was yeah, ninety. Uh, it was sort of ninety seven, ninety eight was the Odyssey was the Odyssey Network, and then the Germans, EMTV, bought the Muppets in ninety nine. Bought bought the Henson Company, I should say, in ninety nine. Okay. Uh, maybe maybe early. I'm sorry, early two thousand they bought them. It was like February or March of two thousand. Um, and then the Odyssey Network was sort of. One of the first casualties, I think, of that.
0: Yeah, that kind of floundered and and, and, and won its way. Um, but it, and they ran episodes then. You were able to to watch uh, The Muppet Show on, on terrestrial TV. Um, and uh,
1: and you know, there have been a few others. They, uh, uh, TBS or TNT ran it in the late 80s. Nickelodeon ran it in the early to mid-90s, 93, 94, 95,
0: disney channel had it at some point as well
1: yeah, yeah disney channel had. i don't think disney ch- i don't think disney channel had the muppet show did it
0: <clears throat> i remembered having muppets tonight right but i've watched some disney youtube channel videos. had fraggles weirdly wow <laughs> i didn't get that from hbo um no i think the disney channel had fraggles in the in the mid-90s too maybe maybe um where i with this? Nickelodeon ran the Muppet Show. Yeah, I um, I've seen people post YouTube clips from uh, interesting, um, uh, uh, people uh, YouTube clips from of the Muppet Show with the Disney Channel uh watermark on it. Hmm. So at at some point. As if someone learned how to recreate the Disney, and for some reason wants to put the Disney Channel watermark on the Muppet clips. Because uh, I was, I was in celebration of the the news. I was running around, and uh, I go to my daughter. I don't got rhythm. <laughs> She's like dad, you're doing that one again. But Like, who was it that? Who was that? Again? Wasn't that Fozzie? Yes, and Rolf. And so I started playing the, I, I looked it up on YouTube and, and played them the clip. Uh, and she started
1: going around singing, I don't got rhythm. That's a funny bit, but you want a real, you want a real treasure. Find uh, Farel find and Fozzie playing English Country Garden. I am writing this down. Play, that I know you can find on YouTube. And if you can't find on YouTube, you'll be able to find it on, on Disney Plus in a couple of weeks. It's Rolf and Fozzie playing, and it really is Jim Henson and Frank Oz at their absolute best. I mean, it's burden levels of of how good Jim and Frank are together. It's it's just it's and it's very simple. It's Rolf and Fozzie doing a piano duet. It's a very simple sketch and it's it's hysterical and it's brilliant. And it's uh, and it's all the reasons why Jim and Frank were Jim and Frank. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the simplest ones are the best ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here so I'm going to so here's my question for you because there's a, there's I'm sure there's a bunch of them here. Which and I'm I'm going to kind of limit this end. which well know I which which episodes are you looking forward to seeing the most or which guest stars?
0: It's hard because the only ones that really like still stick in my mind are the ones that I've seen more recently. Right, right, right. So it's like well I'm looking forward to seeing this, but I could put it on my DVD, like a Steve Martin and John Cleese.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Christopher Reeve hasn't been done on DVD, and Christopher, and again for those who are too young to know who Christopher Reeve is, he was the original Superman. Uh, in he was the original movie Superman. Uh,
0: I was at a concert once, and he was there. Really? Yeah. Post sure. post accident obviously pre-death um we were in newark my wife and i were just went over my wife and i were still dating and we went to see a concert i will admit the name of the the group but they are tied to disney um we were in the the front row and so it was an indoor um, performance um theater so there was balconies and he was in the the balcony to our left so obviously slightly elevated up, but when he got there and people turned, and obviously you know, guy in a motorized wheelchair, and you could see clear as day who it was, and you know he did the best to acknowledge the audience and wave to the people, and everyone just gave him a huge standing ovation. It was it was just <laughs> so touching.
1: Um, to, to, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump off topic, but stay on topic at the same time. Um, there was Denver. a
2: wonderful.
1: I was, which is what I do. Um, there was a. I was at a a Henson thing years ago and, uh, uh, they had a couple of puppeteers who were talking and they were asked, who was your favorite celebrity to work with? I don't know if if it was, who was your favorite celebrity to work with, but sort of a, a favorite, favorite moment. And, uh, Fran Brill talked about doing, um, after Christopher Reeve had been in the, he had been in a horse accident that left him paralyzed. Uh, and, uh, and, so here he was and they had been Sesame Street at the time had been uh, had, had a focus on the disabled and and sort of making that uh, sort of trying to get people a- aware of the disabled. And so they they had Christopher Reeven to do a bit with Zoe uh, and his people came in ahead of him and there were all these rules about, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't talk about this. Don't look at, don't look at Steve. Uh, don't look at Chris. Don't look, don't do this. Don't do it. And, you know, so everybody was like whoop, on their guard, on their best behavior. And he wheeled in and he came in and he was just so lovely and charming to everyone. And they had said like, you know, she, they, they said, well, would it be all right? You know, uh you know, don't, don't touch Chris. <laughs> don't put the puppet. Don't put the puppet on Chris. Don't put the puppet near Chris. Don't do whatever. And they went in to film it, and here's Fran Brall like ten feet, you know, just, just keeping keeping this distance, this respectful distance with the puppet. And he goes, "This Christopher Reeve stops because this this isn't working. Can we? I think this would work better if she was sitting on my lap. Can we have the puppet sit on my lap? And he just he was he was all about like, no, th- this should be intimate. This should really be between me and the character." and uh and he was great and when you watch the episode that he's in it's one of the funniest episodes he does a shakespeare parody they do hamlet with uh fozzy and borgard and link hogthrob and uh, a skull puppet for mm-hmm. york yeah uh they do they do a vet's hospital sketch with rolf as the patient and christopher reeve as the uh as the doctor role um uh, what else he does a duet with miss piggy uh he what else do they do there's a there's a fantastic uh song that that um Floyd and janice sing that doesn't have anything to do with Christopher Reeve they sing they sing a song to Sam Eagle it's called <laughs> Sam's <laughs> song <laughs> and uh, and and again that's a gr- that's you want to watch Frank osby brilliant it's Floyd and janice singing this song around Sam Eagle and Sam Eagle just sort of reacting to it and making notes about how terrible the theater is, and he's going to write to someone and put a stop to it. Uh, it's, so Christopher Reeve is an episode that I... And then another one, Loretta Swit. They do a storyline where mm-hmm. uh, Piggy plants tabloid items about them getting married, and Kermit fires Miss Piggy. And uh, and then, and then uh, Loretta Swit has to fill in for Miss Piggy and all of her sketches, oh, and uh, and that's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say John Denver's another one I always enjoy.
1: John Denver. Well, he worked he worked with the Muppets a ton of times. He Jim got on. I think they they had a shared vision of humanity, and it yeah. shows in everything that they did together. The in the Christmas special, the Christmas album, the Rocky Mountain Holiday special. They loved working together in the in the TV episode they did together.
0: And that's something I, I else I, I kind of was thinking about and brought up. And I'm, I hope they're working. They, they worked on the the Muppet Show, but there are so many specials that are they're, 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 they're special that that would be something that if they were somehow able to finagle even half of them.
1: It's a challenge. I know it's a challenge with the John Denver stuff because it's apparently you gotta go. You gotta go through John Denver's estate for a lot of that. Like, oh, of it, course. Like, apparently, I, they did it. They got John Denver. The Rocky Mountain Holiday special. They got on DVD. Yeah, like back. I think that might have been like one of the few good things to come out of the the German the EMTV days. I because th- it was around that time. It was around that two thousand three, two thousand four. That out, um, But then, yeah, but then your, your John Denver and the Muppets of Christmas Together has not been seen. There's a bunch of, there's a great special I want to see them put out, which is, uh, uh, there's a special called The Muppets Go to the Movies, which was done to promote the Great Muppet Caper. And it's oh. just a bunch of, it's just a bunch of, uh, of, of movie parodies. And it's funny as anything, it's funny as heck. They do. Uh, they do. Kermit and Piggy do do the the famous scene from Casablanca. Kermit does Humphrey Bogart's famous speech from Casablanca. I'm not good at being world, but uh, you know, it seems to me the problems of two people don't amount to a hell of beans in this crazy mixed up world. Here's looking like at you know, you're Oh, I, I you know you're the whole thing, but you're getting on the plane with Victor where you belong, and it's this, it's one of the most famous iconic speeches in all of cinema, and they do it <laughs> almost completely straight, except for the fact that the the plane propellers are going and the wind is picking up and it blows Piggy out of the scene.
0: <laughs> I think I remember, I remember that. now that you mention, I do remember seeing something along that line.
1: They do a, they do a, a Roman epic with Dudley Moore as, as uh, Julius Caesar. They do. I think one of my favorite things is they do the three musketeers, uh, with link scooter and Gonzo. um, I can't even remember what else they do. They do a Frankenstein parody. Uh oh god and they do they do um they do a, a foreign film uh called Silent Strawberries and it's, uh, it's it's and Sam Eagle translates this foreign film. He's doing and uh I I won't give it away but it's, it's the Swedish chef Oh, I'll, I'll give away this part, which is Beaker comes in as the as the angel of death. Beaker comes in <laughs> dressed dressed as the grim reaper with big angel wings and a scythe. <laughs> I mean, that alone is worth the price of admission. Wee wee I think, wee 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 wee. I think right, and then because it's a foreign film, it's the Swedish chef in mock Swedish, and then Beaker comes in and he's meeping, and and chef and Sam has to um, and you're. Uh, you find go find these things on YouTube, and uh, hopefully Disney will get these because that's one of my favorite things the Muppets ever produced. Yeah, um,
0: there's also the very there's the Valentine's Day special. There is that's the, very the other hard thing.
1: There's a lot of a lot of people are speculating, you know, if we've got the all of all five seasons of the Muppet Show, there are two pilots. There were two pilots film yeah. which uh, the can I say naughty words naughty and, naughty words and violence? What, what's the rating on this? I I was I've been debating that uh, since the announcement. How do I how do I talk about this? Uh, go go Google the words Muppet Show pilot. Yes. I don't know if Matt'll Let me say the title on. It's not horribly naughty. No, it's not horribly naughty. But Um, naughty. I mean, that was kind of it was done specifically to be. It was it was Jim and Jim's sense of humor. Um, I, I, I often wonder, in knowing
0: the relationship with the Python crew, if they got that off the Python sketch. Um. If there's some sort of correlation there.
1: No, because I don't think they really got close to. You got to remember, Python didn't hit here. It wasn't really until the. <laughs> it wasn't really until the Muppets went over to London that Python was starting to hit here. It was '74, '75 when Python was just starting to hit True. here. And it was still another, it's really 76, 77 before Python became huge in the States. It had been around for seven or eight years before Python was really kind of famous. Um, and then they went over there and they had uh, obviously a friendship and relationship with John Cleese. They had a friendship and relationship with, with Eric Idle. As far as, or, I'm sorry, not uh, with uh, uh, Terry Jones, worked on Labyrinth with them. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know about I don't know about the Muppets feelings towards the Pythons, but obviously, but I I know I've read some things where the Pythons were huge fans of the Muppets. They saw the Muppets as sort of continuing, continuing the work that they were doing or as a continuation of the work that they were doing Um, or or take what the the kind of work that they had done. They were like, oh, this is taking that to the next level. And that sort of absurd kind of humor. Um, I know that they were the Pythons were fans of the Muppets. I'm sure the Muppets were equally fans of the Pythons, but I don't think it was necessarily an influence on the work that the Muppets were doing. Um, although there was when they had John Cleese on, uh, Jim did tap John. John wrote co-wrote his episode. Right, one of the few times of- that
0: they, they let the guest star get that involved all in of, it.
1: all of the all of the guest stars had involvement. John was the only one to actually like. Right. Like, he sat in with the writers and and wrote with them. Um, But then, as they were coming off the tail end of that, uh, Jim asked him, he said, you know, I'd really like to sort of tap into that sort of Python-esque, weird British humor. Do you know anybody who's good? And John said, no, but I've got someone who's cheap, and and recommended a British writer to them who worked on, I know, season five, I believe season four as well. So... So there, there was that influence in, in that regard.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, yep. that's good. Yeah, We could say it. So uh, the pilot, the, the one that you're talking about, is sex and violence.
1: Oh, you said a naughty word on I uh, your... will. We can bleep you know, I'll that I'll say out,
0: another man. naughty word. Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nigel's not a naughty word. Well, he is. Whatever. It's like, wait, where's Kermit yeah, the, the premise that that pilot is a is a very the de- the Muppet Show was a departure from the pilot where they took a lot yeah. of the, the best ideas of it, scrapped the rest of it and ran with something else. Um, But it's it is still funny. It is great. And I still get a crack up The to me. One of the best parts is the the Swedish chef little parts that they just keep randomly throwing in there. He's speaking his mock Swedish. And you get the the Conti subtitles
1: on the bottom. <laughs> Japanese subtitles.
0: Mm-hmm. Well Kanti's.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <clears throat> um, and then, yeah. And then before that there was another pilot, which was the the they did a Valentine special with Mia Farrow. Um and uh And that has some funny parts in it too, but it's still, I mean, that's even really further departed from the Muppet show.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You have the pitch reel as well, um, which would be a nice little bonus feature.
1: But here's the problem with the pitch reel. You got to cut the the best part of it, which is the last five seconds, because it was done in front of the CBS logo, and if you use it, you have to pay CBS for the thing. So when they released it, the, p- the Pitch Reel is on, I think, the Season 3 DVD. Season uh, 1. What?
0: It's on Season 1.
1: It was on Season 1?
0: Yeah, because I just watched it.
1: Okay. So, I'm sorry. It's on the Season 1 DVD, but the best this part three, of This 3,
0: Season 1. Go figure, but yes.
1: It, it's the best part of it is the last five seconds. um uh, And you can't show it. They, they had to cut it because they didn't want to pay for the CBS yeah you know, I understand not wanting to pay... Well, yeah. That's, Why would you? I'm sure that's a pretty hefty, look, hefty <laughs> to, yes, promote, to promote.
0: Whoever owns CBS now, Viacom was I, I Paramount
1: remember. owns CBS. I thought, yeah, which would you be Viacom? Uh, yeah. Why would you uh... pay your rivals to promote them? <laughs> right. Well, they're right.
0: saying how much money they've they've given Paramount now to buy stuff off of them: Avengers, Indiana Jones. Uh... Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Have they bought Indy yet? Have they bought? Yes. I, they, well, they own the character, but do they? I don't think they own the movies.
2: Um,
0: I have to reach out to Dan Z on that one. Because find out, I thought somehow they did because, but maybe
1: not. Because the Indian Indy, Indy is not on Disney Plus yet, nor is it on. Uh, well, no, there's there's like the movies anywhere app. If you buy it, where you can like buy movies digitally, and Paramount's not playing that game and isn't involved, so you, you can't. Yeah, they get
0: didn't sign digi- up for.
1: You can't get indie digitally. So let's see this out as your
0: watch options. You look that up. I'm gonna. You're right. What... It's on CBS All Access.
1: Oh, well, there you go.
0: So yeah they uh, they have they have those. So they they are still holding on to those so somehow.
1: Paramount holds the movies
0: for the time being. Right. Um yeah you because know, I know they were looking to reboot a younger Indiana Jones uh type of series. But um that, that that's not seem like it's heading anywhere fast. Yeah. Um.
1: But yeah, so um, where were we? I don't know. Linda Carter's a good. Linda Carter was Wonder Woman in the '70s. She does a good episode. And she, but well, she shows up in the the latest one, uh, Wonder Woman '84.
0: Yeah. Cameo in that. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm actually curious. We were talking about this. Uh, a couple of puppet folk were talking about this the other day in terms of like disclaimers ahead of some of the episodes depicting, I mean, like J, you know, cause it was made at a different time. You know, JP gross walks around with a, with a cigar in his hand in the two or three episodes that JP gross is in. Uh, oh, so is
0: George Burns.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. George Burns smokes a cigar.
0: You never saw George Burns without a cigar.
1: Right. And I don't think that would fly with, you know, you, um, there are a number of, of, uh, I think Jim would be. Oh, I, th- I think looking back in sort of the day and age that we're in, you know, we look back a couple things and we kind of cringe at like, oh, I can't believe there was a time where we thought, you know, there there are there are I'm sorry to say a couple of ethnic stereotypes that mm-hmm. uh, you know would not fly with today's audiences and uh, come several of which come across as horrendously offensive. Uh, and I think Jim, in a now looking and and you know and one of the puppeteers I was talking to was, it was actually uh, it was was someone who actually knew Jim and worked with him and said you know Jim was one of the most progressive individuals I knew you know he he did not have a bone of hatred in his body no and I think looking back on his work you know if he were here now with us today looking back on it he would. Be horrified with, you know, himself, his past self. It would go uh, the
0: way of the Song of the South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, yeah. I mean, you, people do have to remember that a lot of these are a product of their times. And yeah. no matter as forward thinking or as much as people were trying to do, not offend anybody, what offended somebody today was not always apparent. Not saying it didn't offend people, but people weren't as attuned to it years ago. Again, not justifying it, just the reality of it. Um, so, you you know, you can't go back and reshoot it. You know, it is on film, and that's, that's its final kind of stay. Um, but you do have to realize that in the letter Moulton said that, even on some of the the old Disney shorts that okay, we are preserving these things, we're showing them as the way that they were created to for prosperity's sake, but also take in mind that was acceptable that's what was believed to be acceptable then. right, I'm paraphrasing here. We know now that is not acceptable, but at the same time, we're not going to change history.
1: And they just did that. Uh, Warner Brothers just did that too. They released a bunch of, uh, of uh, you know, a, a, complete, a complete collection of shorts. And uh, it was a similar, it was a similar introduction with Whoopi Goldberg, where she said, "Look, you know, it's it's, you know, these cartoons or these shorts are a part of our history, um, and it's important to have them so that we can have these conversations, and we don't just sweep them under the rug and pretend that." You know they didn't happen. they do happen, and it's important discussion that we we have about why these characters exist and why it was funny then, but it's not so funny now, you know,
0: yeah, um, I mean they had uh oh, I can't believe it. i forgot the the singer's name uh saying at Jim's funeral the yes, yes. And again, just another intimate relationship that the performers had with this, you know, the fact that he sang at Jim's funeral.
1: Right. Um, well, I think, well, there you go. For people who have not seen The Muppet Show before, if you don't watch anything else, watch watch the Harry Belafonte episode. It's in season three of The Muppet Show. watch the Harry Belafonte episode because it really is the best thing that Jim Henson ever produced. Bar that- none. That one is... is Exclamation is, point. It does... Absolutely brilliant. ...does not get better
0: um, The only one I would say that comes close, I would put second, is the Gene Kelly one.
1: I was going to say John Cleese comes a close second. Yeah,
0: John Cleese. Uh, Gene Steve Kelly Martin's. was
1: good, but I think John Cleese is also very, very
0: funny. Well, for me, the, the Gene Kelly one is the last scene. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they painstakingly recreated the set from Singing, in the, Singing in the Rain. And you just see Gene walking quietly. No other sounds. He's just whistling to himself in walking out. And that
1: out. was actually, that came out of a, a real discussion, which was they said they called Gene Kelly and they said, because they always called their, their guests, and they said, what do you want to do on the show? And uh, Gene Kelly said, I don't want to do singing in the rain. <laughs> I don't want to do the song. He refused to do it. And they said, all right, fine. We will, we will. So the, the whole final number is them riffing on the fact that Gene Kelly doesn't want to do singing in the rain. And so it's, it's Rolf playing the, the intro, what is clearly the intro to singing in the rain, mm-hmm. and him breaking into all of these other songs that, were, that he sang in his other movies. And then, of course, the last one is him walking through. I mean, he sings. I think he does do like a line of the song, but he—he he, it's just him walking through his head. It's beautifully done. But yeah, it's so beautiful. Uh,
0: but again, goes back to John Cleese. I mean, that's the whole premise of the John Cleese thing. Kermit, I am your guest.
1: You right. are our
0: guest. Well, you that was, like the, that, was that was similar.
1: John wouldn't sing because John Cleese really can't sing, can't sing. he's got an awful singing voice. so they did a whole he's
0: doing it with a French accent
1: Yeah. and then uh, there's another another famous story uh, Glenda Jackson, they called Glenda Jackson and said, what do you want to do on the show and she said, I'll do anything that you guys want I love you guys, I trust you guys, you know what you're doing whatever you write for me, I'll do it so they wrote an episode where Glenda Jackson became a pirate and the theater becomes uh, a pirate ship and she commits mutiny and, and takes over the theater and it becomes a, and they, and set sail on the seven seas in the Muppet theater. <laughs> it doesn't oh, make sweet. any sense at all, <laughs> but that was, it's a, it's a great, it's a great story. Yeah. Harry Belafonte, uh, again, he was the only who involved, uh, his, his closing number. He worked closely with Jim and worked closely with the, uh, design team on those puppets to get those puppets, right. And, uh, God, what a what a beautiful closing number that is. The no. the turn the world around. And then to open the show with with uh, with the banana boat the banana boat. And Fozzie's uh, part
0: in that is just
1: genius. There's a there's a, now here's a here's a little something to keep an eye on. Watch link hogthrob up in the back uh, in that thing. You're right, Fozzie's part is genius. Uh, the whole sketch is they they sing banana boat and Fozzie the, you know come mr tallyman Fozzie is going to be the tallyman and count the bananas and he sends Bargard to go and get the bananas but he can't bar keeps coming in with these other things that are not bananas and it's very silly and the whole thing goes off the rails i don't
0: watch even know what link, that
1: is watch watch link hogthrob in the background because at one point during the scene and this is so jim and frank um at one point during the scene Link eats a banana and throws the peel over the edge of the boat. Yes. <laughs> I,
0: there, that's like the. You have to keep watching. you got to watch it two or three times. But Muppets I, in general, but particularly. I know this one. You have to watch multiple times because there is so much going on going with the on background characters.
1: Aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There's the spider. There's the uh, Link Heartthrob. There's.
1: There's a parrot. Jerry Nelson's doing a parrot that doesn't yeah. want to work with the spider. That's stolen from, uh, um, oh, I can't think of his name. Freeberg. Stan Freeberg did that when okay. he sang Banana Boat. There's a whole thing about that. Well, I don't work with spiders, man. Spiders are scary. So the Muppets did a little nod to that.
0: Um, yeah, so there, there is a lot going on in, in, that, in that skit. Uh, another w- classic skit. Uh, that This is one of my dad's favorites, so he's going to look forward to this one is from the Roger Moore episode um, oh, yeah. where they do in the Navy with the pigs.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, that's another one you got to watch a couple of times because there's so much going on. Yeah. The watch pigs as Vikings. Uh, what, yeah, pigs as Vikings. There's a great story about... Um, I'm, I'm just riffing on stories here. Uh, I was at a thing with uh, Jerry Jewell years ago, uh, who was the Muppet writer. Uh, head head writer for the Muppet Show, and uh, he did a wonderful presentation where he talked about working with Jim Henson and their working relationship. And he said sometimes Jim was very involved with the writers. They would have a, there was a weekly luncheon meeting with uh, Jim and Frank where they would sort of plot out the net, the following week's show. And very often what would happen was there were two ways in which Jim would work. Sometimes Jim would would uh, wander into jerry's office and he'd sit down and he'd go we're gonna do a uh let's do the the song um stop children what's that sound jim that's a that's a war protest song yeah 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 but we're gonna we'll do ours as as an environmental protest and we'll set it in the woods and we'll do this and he'd and he'd sort of plot the whole thing And two weeks later, they'd be standing on a soundstage filming. And he'd he'd be sketching. He'd pull out a little piece of paper and he'd be sketching. And two weeks later, they'd be standing on a soundstage recording this thing exactly as Jim had done it, had described it, down to the last detail. It was all in his head and it was there. That was one way Jim had of working. The second way Jim had of working was to go past Jerry's uh, office at light speed, stick his head in the door and go... Uh, music idea. Um, uh, I get around. Details to follow. And he'd disappear down the hall, and that would be it. And Jerry would scribble it on a little bit of note paper. And they'd go to the weekly lunch a couple weeks, a couple days later, and they'd be going, they'd be discussing things. And Jerry would r- sort of run the meeting, and he'd go, "All right, next item. Uh, I get musical number idea. I get around. Details to follow. Jim." And he'd turn the meeting over to Jim. And Jim Henson would sort of sit there quietly. And then he'd get up and he'd walk over to the table where all the food was. And he'd take a few minutes and pick out a roll, a hard roll. Pick out the right perfect hard roll. That one's good. And then he'd spend some time cutting that hard roll just so, making sure the cut was just right. And then he'd look at the lunch meat and he'd decide what lunch meat to get. And he'd spend time making sure the right amount of lunch meat was on his sandwich. And then he'd think about what cheese he wanted and what condiments. And if he was going to have any chips, maybe he'd grab a bottle of water. And this whole thing would go... Out. I mean, this long meeting, nothing nothing said for several minutes. And then he'd walk back over to his seat, having not said anything to anybody, he'd walk back to his seat, sit down with his sandwich, and very quietly go, pigs on motorcycles. <laughs> and they'd be <laughs> off. <laughs> And uh, and they'd be off, and it and it would launch them all into a conversation. And and you know, two weeks later, they'd be on a soundstage filming pigs on motorcycles, motorcycle. singing the Beach Boys song "I Get Around."
0: If anyone hasn't seen Jim, Jim had a very interesting stride because he has so he has such long legs and so tall. And yeah. I'm trying to remember what's the independent piece that he did. Time something.
1: Time piece, uh timepiece. Yeah, where it's
0: you see him running. It, it's. And I could just picture him running down the hallway like that.
1: <laughs> I've told this story on the I've told the story on the on the podcast before. That was one of the things that Jerry Joel talked about was his favorite thing. Uh, he had a TV monitor in his office so that he could keep an eye on what was going on down on the set. And uh, as soon as he saw the Swedish Chef set go up, that was break time. He would go down. He would go down to the the soundstage to watch. Them film to watch Jim and Frank film the Swedish Chef. Uh, next
0: to Mike Quinn, of course.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Quinny was uh, sitting in there just to just to watch them because Jim and Frank, you never knew what was going to happen when they got into the, doing the Swedish Chef. It was just pure controlled chaos, and uh, it was one of his favorite things to watch. And uh, you know, uh, for those who who don't. No. Yeah. Anytime you see the sh- Swedish chef, it's Jim doing the head. Jim Henson was doing the head and Frank would do both of the hands and they would never talk about what they were. They would just be completely unrelated. Jim never knew what Frank was going to do. Frank kind of maybe knew sort of what Jim was going to do, but not really. J- Frank would pick things up. Frank would throw things. When you see the Swedish chef throwing spoons and ladles and, 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 uh, um, You know, hatchets and whatever. That's just, that's all Frank. That's all Frank, and Jim's just gotta go with it and do whatever.
0: And And, stay in uh, character.
1: And stay in character. And, uh, God, what a beautiful relationship those two had together.
2: Yeah.
1: Working relationship those two had. Uh, and then, and then, you know, you get to watch, you get to watch Dave Goals grow as a performer and go Mm -hmm. from being, uh, one of my uh, favorites, yeah you know go for gonzo the first season is not a particularly good character but he grows into being one of the best characters and most beloved characters he gets one of the most emotional scenes in in the the lola falana episode he sings uh frank sinatra's my way and uh yes that's a job that'll does a job that'll just break your heart yeah you know and then you got jerry nelson's beautiful singing voice and all the characters that he just spit out over the years doing five years of that show and Richard Hunt bouncing off the walls as various characters and I like to come on the show and talk about the, the Muppet performers and make sure that they get spotlight. That's why that's the only reason, that's one of the reasons I come and do your show is so that we can talk about the other puppeteers.
0: I have no problem
1: with that. Good.
0: Um Good. Yeah and two things that Jim always said to, to try if they kind of ran into a stonewall. If no one has heard these anecdotes if they, they were writing a scene they didn't know how to end it, there was two things that Jim liked to do. Either you blow it up or you throw a penguin at it. <laughs> um which strangely enough, I was listening to the uh one of the latest D23 um podcast and they had uh Matt Danner, the front runner for the new Muppet Show on it. And they said, Well, how did you come up with Summer Penguin? She's not she's an original character, she's not a, a Muppet where'd you come up with that and matt goes well simply jim like said that you know you if you couldn't figure it out throw a penguin at it so we couldn't figure out what to do so we made it a penguin <laughs> uh, right that's brilliant fantastic and i so they penguin. actually made fantastic. they made full uh, when in the original the show started off they made puppets uh, mu- actual Muppets of all the characters to be able to make sure that they're rendering everything properly and also use it in other stuff. So, um, you know, that, that's... You know, he is a fan, and he, so it's in relatively... That shows in relatively good hands. Yeah. Um, we're, and constantly, constantly putting in uh, Easter eggs. They even did one where they did a full... Um, they pulled the plans for the Muppet Theater and reconstructed it in painstaking detail to make sure they got it right in that show so um just some fan service there yeah uh but again it's something we mentioned an hour ago that if you are strangely enough you're not familiar with you you most likely have heard of the muppet show if you know of the muppets you've heard that there's the muppet show somewhere and you haven't seen it or haven't been exposed to it this, if you haven't picked up anything from this past fifty plus minutes of conversation, that is, it's a brilliant show. Um, it, there is nothing like it on television now. There will never, there will not be something like it on television. I don't now. think we'll,
1: I don't think we'll ever see anything like that again.
0: No. Um, watch it. If you, it sometimes it may take you a little bit to get going. If you're a fan of Muppet Vision 3D,
1: you'll, if, you'll just if slide right in. If you've never it. seen it before, don't watch it from the beginning. Kind of catch it, because the first season, it takes it took a while for them to... Here, this is another thing. Talking about a product of its day. You know, back back in the old-timey days when we were kids, there were no streaming services. There was okay. no cable TV. There were three networks. There were three networks. There was CBS, NBC, and ABC. And that was it. They, and that was it. And, and you had to compete I mean, the the, the competition was a lot smaller and you were given a lot more time. You know, you had you had bigger audience numbers for shows. And so you had a lot more time to sort of work out the kinks. Any Muppet production, particularly with the Muppets, I find it takes a while to work out the kinks. And the first season, there's a lot of kinks. The second season is a little bit better. The third season is when the thing really gets its legs, and, like I said, the Harry Belafonte episode is in there. It's really as good as the show gets um you know there there are some good things there's some funny things in the first season, and some some very well done scenes in the first season. but really, it's season two season three that are that are the ones that are worth watching and really. And then you know four and five as well. Those are the ones that were the, the, the legs are really on the thing and it's it's working and the team is together and they know what they're doing. Um, you know it's kind of like and if you watch if you watch Muppets Tonight and I'm hoping that following now that they have the Muppet Show, led, I'm hoping that they'll follow with Muppets Tonight and get Muppets Tonight on on Disney Plus because that's yeah, another one where it had they had they did thirteen episodes that ran on ABC and then they had produced a second set of 13 episodes and the show got canceled and they ran on, they ran the 26 episodes on uh, the Disney channel. And some of the, some, some of the stuff in the later episodes is really, really funny. It's some of the better episodes. Uh,
0: yeah. And I, I, I remember watching it when it was on the, the Disney channel, um, Disney channel. I was recording a bunch of them at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, like some of the later ones that I was like I didn't remember because obviously I really haven't seen them, but they had some brilliant, brilliant stuff on that it show. I mean, it, it not it's not the Muppet Show, but they they really had something going there. Yeah. Um, with some new characters and, and kind of a new format and and just the, the guest stars and stuff, and they they really got things going. Like I, the, the one that Pierce Brosnan is on, I I really enjoyed that. Um, the character, some of the characters that came out of that are some of the ones that we, you know, know and love nowadays. Pepe, Bobo. Bobo. Um, unfortunately, there's some that we never saw again, like Seymour, um, who was the the um.
1: And there are some that we fortunately never saw again, like Andy and Randy Pig. Uh, well, no, we have. Oh, that's right. That's right. They've they've started using those characters again. That's right.
0: they, They. uh, didn't they I think they showed up at some point? On, they showed up on Muppets Now. They're in Muppets Treasure Island. They're in. Don't they have a like a background bit on um?
1: Christmas when they Carol? were doing when they were doing the commercials for Facebook Portal, they did one with yes. Piggy and Andy and Randy. Yeah, they,
0: they showed up in that. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Not maybe not Muppets Now. Um, Johnny, Johnny Fiamma and Sal.
1: I love Johnny Fiamma. And that was a
0: brilliant. That was a brilliant one. That was. Those were two really funny characters. I still to this day, um, especially whenever I was watching Guardians of the Galaxy, and they had hooked on a feeling, but it was the one with the Uga Chaga part. The Uga and a lot of people probably do not know this started with. Uh, was it Ali McBeal? where they had a dancing baby, and they, they put that part into it, and it, it took off from there. Around the same time as Muppets Night, and you have Johnny Fayama, who's the uh, this Frank Sinatra type of guy, and he's singing Hook on a Feeling, and on Walk Sal doing His monkey U- bodyguard. Yeah, who who is his monkey bodyguard? Chimp monkey. Chimp, sorry. He's a chimp, chimp bodyguard. And he's doing the Yugo Chaga parts, and Sal... So, so what are what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing the Uga Chagas, Johnny. What? You do that while I'm singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, they just run with it on, on that bit, and, and to this day, I go. Oh, we're doing the Uga Chagas. <laughs> it, it just, it, it, you know, some of those things just like stick in my head. You know, Rick Moranis singing, you know. Once there was a little ant Sal. Um, pet, no, Seymour comes up. Smashes the ant because it's on a table. Little ant ambulance comes rolling up. Oh, Anthony! Little mother ant comes running up. They stick him into the back of the ambulance and the ambulance drives off. And Rick Moranis and
1: just looks at Pepe and Sal and shakes his head. But uh, then they also did. They also had they had Prince on and they yeah. did uh, they did starfish and coffee and did a wonderful. <laughs> did, a fantastic job with starfish and coffee. And then they closed it with uh, I can't even remember the name of the song, but it's it's a beautiful prince song and they didn't do any comedy with it. They did it you know, I mean that that was for me as close to the original Muppet show as I got because it's it's just so the Muppets sometimes do some of their best work when they're respectful when they, yeah. they they when it's not about the comedy, it's about the beauty and it's about the soul and it's about the moment. And, uh, you know, like I said, Gonzo singing my way or the song that that Prince closed the song that Prince closes with my wife and I were talking the other day about um, one of the episodes, um, season five, Joan Baez. Uh, She does. She does a wonderful closing number. But then there's a, a scene in the middle of that episode with Beauregard and Piggy. And it's not a comedy scene or I mean, there's comedy elements in it, but there's some really heartfelt moments between Piggy and Beauregard of all characters um that are just wonderful to watch and you know sometimes sometimes the sweet and the sentimental uh is is what the muppets do best and i think i think the muppets need more of that i wish they had more of that i wish we had more patience as an audience as a a collective audience to watch and appreciate the the sweet and the sentimental and marry that with the comedy yeah uh, and i
0: think in some ways that just also reflects you know Sign of the times of where we are at as far as entertainment yeah we don't have the patience for that uh another episode uh, on muppets tonight is the one with garth brooks and again they ended with this beautiful song that garth sings about just bringing people together yeah um and uh i was not really a garth brooks fan before that i'm not really a garth brooks fan now but that's a song that I didn't know, and I saw it on Muppets Tonight and really enjoyed. And I just enjoyed his performance on there. So, absolutely. Um, I mean, you got... I was going to say Muppets Now, did you get any of that? Not so much. I I mean, there's the one bit which kind of marries the scene with um, Seth Rogen and Fozzie and the babies. Where it's like, well, we can't abandon these babies... And you see them trying to take care of the babies, and the babies are just going completely bonkers. Uh, but it, it's still not the same. Um, but that was a brilliant bit. Uh, but, yeah. Um, so, again, where was I? Muppets I don't know. You, we were Muppet talking about, about the show. We,
1: wander, we wander on the Muppets tonight.
0: Yeah. Uh, Muppet Show, you need to check it out you don't need to watch it in order um follow matt's suggestion Start in, somewhere in season three and find just, an actor
1: find a celebrity who's because a lot of these celebrities are dead and you probably don't know who any of these guys are but if you recognize the one name one you know and start there if and if you don't know any of the celebrities start with harry Belafonte. yeah <laughs> and then go to john cleese and then go to john cleese yeah and then oh, there, there was actually, there was a thing there was a thing a few years ago. Tough Pigs and the Nerdist, uh, ToughPigs.com, which is a Muppet fan site, and the Nerdist, uh, which is a nerd fan site, um, did a thing. They sponsored a thing where they said they incur, they had people write in, and they voted on the top five best Muppet Show episodes. And then they did a special podcast with uh, Craig Sheeman and I think Stephanie DeBrujio was part of that too, at the Museum of Moving Image. Uh, where they they talked about Craig Sheeman is a writer for the Muppets and worked with Jim Henson, um, and, and he and he's now president of the the Jim Henson Legacy, uh, which is a um, organization uh, devoted to uh, preserving a lot of Jim's work and and the uh, It's basically the the Henson Archives. Um, but he did this podcast where they talked about what the top five episodes were. And uh no surprise, Harry Belafonte came in as the number one episode. It was like it yeah. was by like, like a landslide. John Cleese was also on that list. Star Wars, the cast of Star Wars, was one mm-hmm. that a lot that's of people liked. People. Uh and that's one that, you know, again, if you Star Wars is a fun they did some fun stuff with that. Uh, but anyway, they voted the Harry Belafonte episode as the number one episode, the best episode, and then as a little cherry on the cake, uh, they Craig Sheman reached out to Frank Oz and said, which, which one? What do you think is the best? What's the number one thing? What, what do you think is the best show you guys did? And no surprise, Frank Oz wrote in and said, Harry Belafonte is the best thing we've ever done. Period. End of discussion
0: and that's that's unanimous. just about
1: 120 episodes and I started I, I touched on it, but that's another thing because we can talk about that uh, being a, a Disney podcast a Disney themed podcast Star Wars is on they did an episode with Mark Hamill and Chewbacca and R2D2 and C3PO oh I shouldn't have said spoiler I shouldn't have said Chewbacca because that's a surprise thing uh, Chewbacca's not in the episode forget it he, tr- he
0: may not show up he I may think there's not references be
1: there somewhere it's just- Mark Hamill and, and uh, Luke uh, uh, C-3PO. At some
0: point, you get to see Gonzo as Darth Vader.
1: Yeah, that's with the price of There's actually, I can't remember which one it is, but there's a second episode where Gonzo shows up as Vader. There's a second one, and it's really fun. And both times, they kind of do the same joke, where you see him from head on, and it does look like a m- just sort of Muppet-sized version of Gonzo, of Darth Vader with Gonzo's voice. And he goes, and then, "No one will ever know who I am." Yeah. And then he turns, and it's the Darth Vader helmet with Gonzo's nose sticking out. And there's
0: <laughs> veterinarian hospital. Yeah, oh, good stuff. Um, now to transition somehow. Okay. From Muppet Vision to Wandavision. Uh, okay. and uh, yeah, the, we are going to we'll discuss the the first three episodes because that's all that there's been so far. Um. We cannot guarantee that we will be avoiding spoilers. In fact, I will take a stand and say we will definitely probably bring up spoilers.
1: So if you haven't watched, we'll say this now: Chewbacca may or may not show up in Wandavision. Yes, but I will not confirm or deny. Chewbacca is in one of the shows that we talked in uh, about tonight. It might be the Muppet Show. It might be Wandavision. It might be Dinosaurs. Chewbacca might even be in Muppets tonight, or he may be in Star Wars. Or he may be in Star Wars. You, but we won't. We don't want to give away which one Chewbacca is in. Uh, I've forgotten what we were talking. We were going to talk about Wandavision and the fact that Chewbacca may or may not be in Wandavision. There are other things we we're going to talk about that may or may not happen in Wandavision. So, uh, if, you're, if you've watched all three episodes, believe everything that we're talking about now. And if you haven't watched them, believe about half of what I say and uh, uh, the other half of what he says. And then pause the recording, watch them, and then get back to us. And watch Muppets and then get back to us. Yes. Harry Belafonte. Watch Harry Belafonte. And Chewbacca. Three. Three times. Chewbacca might show up in the Harry Belafonte episode of The Muppet Show.
0: Valken may have his own episode.
1: He might.
0: One may so we want, now,
1: now that people have almost definitely turned off the show. <laughs> what are these two madmen talking about? Now that people have turned off the show, we're free to talk about whatever we want.
0: Absolutely.
1: All right, so, WandaVision.
0: Yes, that's the one with Falky and the Winter Soldier, right?
1: Yeah, Balky and the Winter, yes, that's the one with Balky and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Oh, now we are so happy. We do the dance of joy.
0: <laughs> happy, happy, joy, joy. Um, yeah, I I've heard so many spectrums of uh, opinions on this show. I've read so many uh, spectrums of opinions. Um, what is from, your opinion of it? Um, I'm intrigued right, by me it. Me too. <clears throat> I'm intrigued by it. I I, I do enjoy it. Uh, because I am I'm enjoying. I think what it is, is that I'm enjoying where we're going, having Mm. an idea of what we're leading up to. Then more so than what I've just experienced. Right. Um, Because uh, I'm looking at this kind of like using the either Twin Peaks or Lost formula. Where you're being fed nuggets. You're watching an episode. But it's not about what you're the episode that the storyline that you're watching. It's about the the little um, nuggets that are being thrown in there. That's going to pay off on the far side, right? Um, I do find it refreshing that we get a superhero show that doesn't involve a big climactic battle somewhere in it. Where it's just is just purely story, so that's that that is a nice change of pace. Um, You could tell that the cast is actually enjoying what they're doing, right? Um, So it's it is a a much slower pace for Marvel's Marvel Studios work, because not to get mixed up with Marvel Television, who did Agents of Shield. Uh, agent carter and stuff like that the now defunct marvel television this is marvel Studios, same people that brought us the movie that
1: marvel
0: television was
1: what sorry you dropped out of there that's not worth repeating i was saying it it is as slow as some of the stuff that marvel television was doing because they moved really slow but you know they're not trying to fill wandavision isn't trying to fill Twenty-four episodes, it's whatever it is, seven episodes, eight episodes. Nine. Nine, nine. episodes. I think ten. Is- do we hear ten? And do we have ten? Ten episodes. Ten episode eleven. Eleven we go to eleven from man dressed as Bucky Barnes. Eleven episodes, eleven was twelve. Twelve episodes, twelve episodes, twelve episodes. No, so there's nine episodes. We're a third of the way there. I would like it, I think they need it to be it needs to be just a hair's weirder. It needs to have those odd moments come up more. You know, it's about two thirds of the way through the episode, something weird happens, and and there's a, there's there's you know they place the idea that there's something more sinister going on. I'd like to see that be placed maybe two or three epi- two or three points throughout the episodes that there's something more sinister or more diabolic being hinted at. And not just you know towards the end, well you and the first
0: one that's that's really all it showed up was at the end,
1: right the second
0: one, you got a couple more dropped into the episode. the third one is a little is splattered a lot more throughout the episode,
1: yeah
0: the third one is I think really the stepping off point in it's kind of the reason why I waited on doing an episode on it. I didn't want to do it the first since episode one and two dropped at the same time, I didn't want to follow those two up because I've had a feeling that the third episode was going to be pinnacle in that um, you really are going to start developing more of what is going on. Um, Right. The third episode really is the so far the biggest episode as far as um, letting the viewers kind of have a better idea of the... The world as it is, what's going? Um, not you don't know what's going on, but you have a better idea that there's a lot more going on than what we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third one opened up a lot more questions that I didn't realize I had. Um. So, like the, the first episode, uh, really. It, and this is how I see it. It's kind of, it's kind of, um, it's, fu- it's following a writer's formula where you start off at the beginning and you show the everyday. And that's what they did in the first episode. This is kind of the everyday, this is the, the baseline normal. And then you slowly start introducing everything else. Okay. You had to bring in a few more characters in the second episode, and things change slightly. You have an idea. The the main characters have start realizing something's off. Third episode, things start speeding up and pacing up. You really start getting a a feeling of things going on and and things are going to progress from there. Paul Bentley has um, said that there will be a big climactic battle scene or something at the uh, end of this after the season. Um, So somewhere between eight and nine, uh, we will be getting stuff like that. Um. So, three to me had, was kind of as I was figuring was gonna be is much more pinnacle. Uh, as far as you you're really getting in deeper into the the layers of the onion. Uh, the first one they they actually did work with Dick Van Dyke to get did that they? show. Um, my friends over at. Uh, chat disney i didn't mention and i didn't realize that these for these first three episodes you skip 10 years between each one so you go yeah. from uh, 50s to 60s 60s now to 70s i guess we're moving into the 80s now this is the actually the first time we haven't gotten a hint into where we're going um so we shall see um what is your
2: take on it I um yeah
1: yeah, uh, yeah. it's all right <laughs> but but I like I said I would have liked to have seen I'd, I'd like to see a bit more of the weirdness sprinkled throughout the show you know just to just to make it that bit more intriguing I think next week is going to be the episode where it really starts to take off and forms what it is and forms I I. I <laughs> Agreed. It's a tough thing because they're doing they're parodying you know so far the show is a parody of sitcoms you know and so it kind of it doesn't have an identity yet its identity is somebody else's identity because they're parodying these shows so it's 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 not quite working the way I'd like it to work but you know I think I think next week will be the show where it really I think the WandaVision identity of what the show is and what the show the, the, the last five or six episodes are gonna be. Uh I think will really come to fruition next week. Yeah.
0: Um yes. And Feige said that he, there's there is a reasoning behind that. Uh and the it kind of is because it is The sitcom shows are something comfortable. Right. something familiar. Um, It it is almost homeopathic in some ways. uh, Where it's, you know, you have an issue that comes up, but it's solved within that half hour. And then things go back to status quo. Right. And you you get that in the first episode. You get that in the second episode. You don't get that in the third episode. In the third episode. And that's... Again, going with what you were saying, episode four is where I think this show is going to really start picking, uh, carving out its own identity. Because it, it's really been just a play on um, Dick Van Dyke, Bewitched. Bewitched. Um, this week, uh, episode three was, my wife said uh, Brady Bunch, but I, I think maybe it's more Partridge Family. I don't know.
1: The um, opening is very Partridge Family. Yeah. But- I think this so, one yeah. is more sort of bewitched part two was my yeah. take on it because they, I mean, the first one, the first one is very obviously Dick Van Dyke. They recreated the Dick Van Dyke set. The second one, it's the, the story is very bewitched, but the set that they have is it's, is the one division set. And then this week and, and bewitched also started out in black was in black and white the first couple of years and then moved into color. So I think this is sort of bewitched part two. Yeah. That was my take on it.
0: Yeah, especially wherever they, they you know, um, again, going with Wanda's powers, doing stuff. Right, With right, them right. around the house. Um, you know, they really haven't... This is a Marvel Studios thing um, for people that aren't as familiar with it. Because even at the end of... What was it? Captain Marvel. Was it Captain Marvel? Uh, one of the more recent movies. No, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Um, they introduced Sword. I think it was
1: right, right, right.
0: And there's a lot of references to the Sword symbol here. But you, we, as on the MCU side, don't have an idea of who Sword is yet. Right. Um.
1: I had forgotten about sword
0: and something. Uh, and if people haven't done, if you haven't done this yet, when you're watching it, pay close attention to the commercials. Commercials, um, because there is huge things in those oddly placed commercials uh, between Stark technology and the past two were Hydra. The watch was had Hydra's symbol on it. Just just delicately put, you know, in the bottom there, um, and then this one with the hydra soap. Um, that that one's a little more in your face. Um, my question and is. And it's
1: also, it's, a, it's a Strucker. The the name of the, the watch is a Strucker watch. Baron Strucker. Yep. It's a is a Marvel character. He's like he's the guy sort of who is kind of holding uh um. um scarlet witch and uh Quicksilver in in age of ultron mm-hmm. or not uh, age of ultron or end of uh the end of uh captain america and the winter soldier um so
0: yeah there there's a lot there is a lot of things that to kind of dissect in this that by the end you're going to go back and go oh wait a second here's the the threads and um you know, it's kind of like one of those rooms where you have all the little clues and bits put together with the string tying everything together. So, um, I think that's where they're going with it. Uh, yeah, it really hasn't hit its stride yet, but um, it, it is it is a very much change of pace for Marvel Studios, and um, I think by the end, people are going to look back and have a, a, a better feeling. People that aren't fully sold on it yet i think by the time we get to episode nine unfortunately it'll take to episode probably episode eight or nine maybe seven uh to get more invested and realize okay this this and i'm keeping my i, I have my fingers crossed uh is something really cool um uh, i could be completely wrong and they can drop the ball on this i don't think so i i you know he's proven time and time again that he, he has Marvel's best interests in mind fans and corporate um so yeah that that's that's where we're going but yeah my w- wife is along the same idea as yours that wishing that there was more more nuggets more you know unusual things happening um they they are pacing that out on the slower end but, yeah, th- there's, again, I, I'm thinking, again, along the lines of Lost and something like that, where, okay, you see the story, but it's the all these other little things that are happening that seem a little strange. Um, and you get, I think, a, a decent dose in episode three that make you kind of say, okay, something, there's a lot of other things going on here. Uh. Yes, this this last episode, in being that I just watched it an hour before we started this, uh, still is fresh in my mind. But you know, between uh, the neighbor, they're finally outing the neighbor that she too knows more of what's going on. You know, she hinted in episode two that she had, you know she didn't know how she got there and she didn't feel like she belonged. And then you find out in episode three, yeah, she doesn't belong here. Um, which makes me wonder about the secondary characters, secondary kind of background characters, um, the neighbors and the, the all the neighborly characters, how self-aware are they? Right. Um, is, you know, something that hasn't been answered yet. Um, and I, I going back to the, the, the blog posting I, I wrote about this a, a while ago that there's a version of this story that takes place in Wanda's head and she creates the world, this universe and alternate reality. But is that the line storyline that they're going with here or is someone else put Wanda in a storyline and as we're progressing forward, she's becoming a little more self-aware of what is going on. Um, and everyone else is kind of in on it. But that that would seem a little strange with the transitioning of time periods and, and stuff. So um, visual effects are fantastic. Um, they're keeping everything very true to the style of the... Uh, aged program that they're showing. So the 50s right. style is is done in a very 50s style's way. The 60s style is very 60s. The 70s was also again, right down to the shag carpeting, the 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 type of vacuum cleaner, um, the car, all the detailing, the uh saw the carpet grass for the the fake grass. E- everything was just it, it, the detailing work is you know immense um they're making sure that they they get everything right um down to it but uh yeah the the um the other friend uh uh horrible with the the character's names right um vision's friend and uh, the other uh woman who shows up at the in the first episode as the annoying neighbor their conversation and their conversation with vision um, made me really wonder now, okay wait what what do they know do Are they in on this, or are they is, there's again, there's more than what we're being told so far and i can't i it's kind of like hanging at me, and people have said it, and i I want to agree with them. But I, I again like the fact that this is every week. But some people said this is a show that will work better whenever all nine episodes are out and you can just watch them straight through.
1: Right, right. No, so, you, you uh, almost wish they were doing two episodes a week because I think you kind of need it to to just move it along. Right. And the and
0: there's no mistake. I think whenever they sat down and watched this final the how everything um the final edits and everything said okay we have to do episodes one and two together because if they they just released episode one nobody would have come back for episode no two. one would have come back a week later because it just wouldn't everyone would go well, what is this and just kind of walk away from it because there and was I just think, nothing and honestly
1: there. i kind of i kind of you're right i think this i think rather than sprinkle more Maybe that's what I needed. I think I really kind of needed four to come this week, just just to hold, just to sort of to pull back the curtain that little bit more, so that we could see the, you know, just to intrigue me a little bit more. And then once you've got, once you sort of transition from parodying uh, Bewitched and Dick Van Dyke and I Dream of Jeannie and whatever, and you transition out of that and more into that sort of Twin Peaks lost X-Files kind of TV show, then I think you can go to one a week. But when you're in that transition, I, I think they really needed to do two a week. I think this week they should have done, I would have liked to have seen three, four. So, uh, and I think we'd be having a different conversation and I'd be more excited about it. Um, but really, I'm just kind of like, well, if it doesn't pick up, if if, if I'm still wondering what the heck this show is at the end of episode four i'm probably not going to be that interested in watching episode five i mean i'll i might watch it eventually but
0: yeah, yeah uh yeah. characters i was thinking of is agnes and herb <clears throat> um uh, so monica uh or geraldine or she called herself foxy i think in this one is the the kind of like the the catalyst character that kind of either it's motion because she's the one she brought up ultron and you just the whole as soon as that line was said the whole tone of the show from that point on changed changed drastically and i think again going back to wanda being in a self-created world makes a little more sense to me right again they, they could go a completely direction different direction but to me that that's the most logical one which i think follows up with the house of m uh storyline and i again spoke about this i wrote about it how the mental health of uh wanda maximoff is not a good place um you know her parents are killed Her brother was killed. Her lover, boyfriend, whatever, um, was killed twice in front of her. Once she had to do it, and then brought back to life to just see him completely destroyed by the the ultimate bad guy. Um, So a normal person who had gone through that would definitely withdraw and generally create their own world where they would lock themselves in their head and just turn into a vegetable why is that any different for her and it's not because that's essentially what we're seeing and something on the outside is trying to get through to her because obviously uh, not only is someone else trying to get through it there is maybe multiple people trying to get to her or the multiple scenarios going on because uh jimmy woo's character comes back uh as well in this right um He'll show as up.
1: This does Kat Dennings' character.
0: Uh, Kat Dennings?
1: Dar- Darcy. Darcy from the Thor movies.
0: Uh, yes. I think she may show up as well. Well, on this. Yeah, there's there's a few people that kind of show back up. Um, and then again, uh. Tian uh, Paris's character, Monica, is another Marvel character that's now being introduced to the MCU. Um, I'm not familiar with her character, but other people uh, are.
1: Hang on a second. I think she might have already been if she's...
2: I believe... You think she was in something else?
1: Yeah, yes, but hang on, give me give me one second. I gotta remember things now.
0: You going with the actress or the character?
1: I'm going with the character. Bear with me one second. Okay, I'm sure yeah. like fans of Marvel movies are like, you two are idiots. You don't know anything, and you're right. We don't. Um, we just pretend. We just yeah, like it's with. fun. It's
0: um, a nice
1: way to be. Ah, yes, I'm correct.
0: Yes, she, yes. Is.
1: she yes. is. She is. She's in Captain Marvel. Yes, I thought. Captain
0: so. Marvel. Just came to me as well. Yes. Different actress, same character as Captain, um, Captain Marvel's friend. She's um, the little
1: girl in Captain Marvel.
0: Yeah. So another well, bit of she's recasting. All,
1: she's all grown up now.
0: Yeah, because I remember people saying um, at that time when Captain Marvel came out that she becomes somebody. Um, so, yeah, you got to oh, stop here. She is being somebody. So there's there's still a lot of moving pieces that are going to set into place on this. Um It's been years since I've watched Twin Peaks, but Twin Peaks was kind of like that as well, where you started off, it's just an ordinary town, and this, you know, murder happened, and the detective has to figure it out. And over the time, in the course of the show, you start catching on that, okay, maybe it's not so much an ordinary town. And by the end, you're going, there's nothing ordinary about this town. Um, So I think that's kind of how WandaVision will progress that, you know, we're about halfway now. Like you say about what the third into it now and we're starting to catch on, especially like I said, Ultron was mentioned and two or three times now that in I believe it's Wanda who is resetting time. So but end of episode three did not feel like that. Um, when Vision mentioned that, no, Wanda, something's definitely not right here. And then all of a sudden, it was an edit. And Vision comes back, oh, Wanda, these children are wonderful and just as beautiful as you, etc. And completely redoes that scene. Um, So, I don't know if that was Wanda doing, because the last time something like that happened, she redid it. This time right. it didn't feel like it was her. So, yeah. Um, we This episode really kind of helped push things along, and I think, yes, next week we're going to get further in. Because uh, Geraldine, when you saw the end of the episode, was thrown out of the reality that uh, that wanders in into the real reality, um, and that when all the vehicles converged around her, and the end of things there. <sighs> so we shall see. Um, I'm no matter what. I'm in it for the long haul, um, and I think it just it's only going to get keep going up from there but uh i know a lot of people checked out out of the first episode too and didn't even yeah. bother with the second one which i say come back at least come back whenever all nine are up well i'm saying that now
2: <laughs> let's get there first So
0: but um, yeah, we shall see. Uh, production value, though. How do you think the production value of it, they're handling it?
1: I think the production value looks wonderful. I, I, mean, it, I mean, it all looks like what it's supposed to look like. I, I've got no gripes there.
0: No, the makeup job for Vision is, is really good. Um, I, I think it's interesting, though, that this is the first time we're hearing Scar Witch without an accent.
1: yeah somebody else commented on that i don't remember who i remember somebody on the friend on the internet commented on the fact that she's lost her accent
2: yeah um yeah where is she from
1: who the actress or the character
0: no, the uh, Olsons. Oh, she's from yeah, California. So, one, yeah, she's yeah. From now she sounds like a Californian and not like a so- Sokovian.
1: She's. She is not one of the Olsen twins. No. But she is related to them.
0: <laughs> well, she's what? The, the, I guess, younger sister?
1: I believe she's the younger sister. Yeah. I think what I think was really funny to me and my uh, my wife and I were saying this last week watching the first show is how funny it is that Paul Bettany who had basically done the first Iron Man movie he did he was hired to do a voiceover job for the first Iron Man movie because Jon Favreau was a friend. I mean it was basically it was like I'm just going to do a little voiceover part in my friend's movie and help my pal out. And now it's like, well, now you're in these four or five other movies, and now you're in this TV show, and now you're in... And it's 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 really entertained me how many of the Marvel actors have really been like, it's this one-off thing. You know, Clark Gregg did this one-off character in Iron Man that spawned into several other films and his own TV show. Um, um, uh, I can't think of her name, but the... Um, Agent Carter has had a pretty healthy career of being... uh, Haley Atwell has had a
0: pretty healthy
1: career of being, you know, uh, Agent Carter.
0: Um, And and what's weird about also with Bentley, from my understanding, was he also got... No, because he he was a friend of Favreau, because he couldn't find any other work at that time, and Favreau said, okay, I'll throw you a bone.
1: Oh, was that it?
0: Yeah, because you're... just like um, Robert Downey Jr. At that time, no one wanted to hire him. Oh. <laughs> and they I go, know. you are perfect for this role. And he was like, eh, you know what? And also kind of the reason why they were able to get him so dirt cheap for that.
2: Okay. Because
0: after everything that went down with him, he was yeah, all the studios didn't want to touch him. And I, I don't know what Bentley's story is, but from, my, uh, from what I heard, I could be completely wrong, but I've, I've heard this, the story of that. Again, it was no one really wanted to work with him. Trevor said, "Why don't you do this voice work?" And now he's, you know, and then you know, you're in your, your second round of movies and go. All right, now we're gonna make you a physical character, and but you you're still kind of a supporting character at that point, point. and now you've got your own TV show. So it, it it's interesting to see, like you said, how these characters start off just this minor little blip, and people just latch onto them, and now they're just these right. major characters. In in some ways nothing to do with the comics right right. rake's character has nothing to do with any of the marvel comics and now he's in marvel comics (laughs) um vision's character was a completely different direction than you know mcu's taking him uh but i i i love what they've done with his character um and you know it's interesting to watch this the the story arc of the vision character from being this bright-eyed, wondrous child and having to decide, do I go the way of Ultron? Do I go the way of the Avengers? Or do I go a different way? Um, And just kind of... This is where it leads us now, where he is this kind of... husbandry, now fatherly type of character and just kind of watching the world through his eyes in a, in a different sort of way kind of like elf yeah but less cat eating
1: well, I was going to say he's a lot he's he's very similar to the data character on Star Trek the Next Generation better analogy much better yeah. analogy
0: yeah um so yeah that's that's where we are with that uh and also the know Oscar Witch's progression of a character from um, someone who was going after the Avengers to now being part of the Avengers to being just much more of a, a strong strong female character in her own she doesn't need all the other avengers there to back her up now that she we've gotten to the point that this is a strong enough character that you know she can carry everything. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I still say hold on, wait and see. I think the best is still yet to come. Um, right. It, it it is improving with each, each episode. Um, and I think in hindsight, we're going to you know we're going to look back and go, okay, we needed to see this to get to there. Yeah. So at least that's
2: my thought on it. No, I agree. I agree.
0: So. On that note. um, Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me talk Muppets. Oh, please. Anytime. And WandaVision and Chewbacca.
0: Yes. Who may be or may not be in uh, in something.
1: He might be in next week's episode of WandaVision. (laughs) We don't even know that that might would that. be cool though I think that would get people on board as if suddenly Chewbacca showed up people like oh my gosh Chewbacca
0: I think you are going to have people that absolutely love it and then you're going to get your Puritans that are going to be taking their TVs and their uh, Disney Plus subscriptions and you know making sacrificial burnings and,
1: uh, but don't sacrificially burn your Disney Plus subscription yet because the Muppet Show is coming absolutely absolutely Which Uh, Harry Belafonte may or may not be in. Yes, and dinosaur. Mm -hmm. dinosaur. Harry Belafonte may or may not be in dinosaurs. True, very true. Dinosaurs may or may not be in The Muppet Show.
0: Dinosaurs may or may not be in dinosaurs. That's true. All right, Mama. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: you do it for today join the conversation hey, what did you think of one division and are you excited for the Muppet show? Yes, two questions today. Are you excited for the Muppet show coming to Disney plus all five seasons? And what are your thoughts on one division so far? three episodes and what are your thoughts? Join the conversation on facebook.com slash disneymarvels podcast or Facebook group facebook.com/ groups disneymarvels podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Podcast, and on the Twitter at DisneyMarvels. You can also email the show with any of your answers or suggestions to DisneyMarvels at gmail.com or you can leave us a voice message through the Anchor app and or website or from your smart device and just email the file to DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. Hey, you may hear yourself on the show as well. Links to all these are in the show notes. Don't forget, as I mentioned in the show, to check out the Disney Marvels blog at disneymarvels.blogspot.com. Thank you for your time. I know how little time we all have these days, how crazy life has been, but the fact that you've taken some of that time out to spend with me, my friends, and our guests means a lot to me. I really, really, truly appreciate it. And I can't thank you enough. I do ask, though, please tell other people about the show. The more people we get involved in the show, the better it is, the bigger the Disney family it is. Walt believed in a big Disney family, and so do I. You could do this one of two ways, or both ways. Tell other people. If you see people dressed with Disney stuff on, or you know people who are into Disney and all of its subsidiaries, consider- let them know about the show. Or you could just simply go on to iTunes or uh Apple Podcasts, as I believe they call it now, and leave a rating there. We have all five-star reviews so far. I'd love to keep that trend going. Uh, I feel truly blessed that that's what you, what everyone thinks of this show, just give it five-star reviews. And I try to live up to that expectation. So just let people know, because the more people, again, the better. And don't forget to subscribe to the show while you're at it. This way you always know when a new episode is posted. But also, please consider becoming a premium subscriber to help keep the lights on and keep the show going. You can do this over at anchor.fm slash DisneyMarvels slash support or you can find our Patreon page and get some cool stuff while you're at it that way. Links to both of those are in the show notes. I know a lot seems to be going on right now. Um, just... So many questions that everyone's having and things may be weighing in on you and you just It may seem like too much, but don't give up Don't ever give up on yourself. You are worth it. You are valuable You're someone special. There is no one like you Don't think of yourself as weird or strange. Think of yourself as a limited edition Because there's only just you and the world is a better place for having you in never give up, never give in on yourself. Embrace the light within and let it shine for all to see. Now I'd like to end this week's show with a quote from Walt Disney, actually not from Walt Disney we're going to take another break from Walt and actually do one from Jim Henson himself. When I was young, my ambition was to be one of the people who made a difference in the world. My hope is to leave this world a little better for having been there. And that's from Jim Henson, and I, I personally think he did just that. Thank you again for listening, everyone, and I'll see you next time.